0: Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. We're going to have fun. So put your hand over your heart if you're new with us. We uh, just make some declarations and we are a family of choice. And so we just got to say some things so we can see some things. See, people don't realize whatever whatever you're saying, that's what you're seeing. If you'll change what you're saying, you'll change what you're seeing. So let's say this together. Say, I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship, created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up holy hands, say it with me. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name, amen? Okay, wait just a minute. Before you're seated, and by the way, welcome online. Thank you so much. And to McKinney, so glad you're a part of us. We are one church with many locations. I'm prophesying now. So welcome. But before you're seated, I just want to pray for you today. We're going to have a very special service today. Um, And I believe what God has given me for you today is a word for you now. Like right this second. And one word from God can change your life. And so I appreciate you being here, but let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who are in this room and for those that are in McKinney, because God, you see no time nor space. You spend space and time by by being God. And we ask you today that you would be God in this place, Lord, that you would be God in our lives, that you would be God in our hearts, God of our past, our present, and our future. And Lord, today, as the word goes forth, I thank you that it will not return void, but God, you will prosper wherever and to whoever you send it. And we receive your word now. And everybody said, yes, I do. Come on. All right. So, so you may be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, This is a little bit different today because, and again, I want to say something. I don't want to freak you out, but if it freaks you out so bit, Um. All a prophet is, is an outspeaker for God. So I'm not standing up here today to tell you I'm, I'm a prophet today. What I'm standing up here today to tell you is I'm going to speak prophetically to you. Uh, God is going to give you a word today for you. So I want you just to kind of get, your, get, get ready for that because it's a very now uh, word. And for those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, let it happen in Jesus' name. So how many of you want a word for you right now? Come on, and for your family. So here is the, the message, uh, in the beginning of 2018, I announced that this is our year to move, this is our year to move forward. That's right. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about moving forward because the word for some of you is it's time. What does that mean? It's time to advance. Everybody say advance. It's time. It's time not for you to promote, but for God to promote you. Everybody say promote. And it's time to progress. I don't know if things have regressed, digressed. I don't know where you are in your aggressiveness, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. Pro means forward, progress means forward. And so I just announce over you right up front, right here, right now, that we are moving forward in Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want you to know. We've got notes for you if you didn't get notes. We've got notes for you. We've got a pen for you if you want that but the notes are less important today only to document what God is going to say to you because this indeed shall come to pass and what, I'm going to, what I'm going to speak to you about today. So, so if everyone is moving forward together, Henry Ford said, success takes care of itself. And I don't know how you define success. Everybody has a definition, whether it's by default or by design, how you define success for you uh, some people say success is to actually make goals and to achieve those goals. Uh, some people's success is, to them is getting their house. Some people's success to them is actually getting married. Um, and then they find out what real work is all about. But depending on your definition of success, you need to understand something, and that is that God has put an ability in each one of you to not just think forward, but to move forward. And the word that I have for you today is moving forward and how we are going to move forward. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you've got to keep moving forward. Somebody put an amen on that. Victor Erickson said this, remember forward movement. Most people don't remember. When they remember, they use their memory the wrong way. They use their memory to remember negative things. They, they, they use their memory to, to think about what happened in the past. They use their memory to remind them that they're not of what they're not. They use their memory in the wrong way. He says, remember forward movement. Forward is the way of trust. Forward is the way of forgiveness. Forward is the way of action. Forward is the way of healing. Forward is essentially life. Forward. Everybody say Forward. And I want to talk to you and dive into this a little bit because we're in the ninth month and I'm going to talk to you about that prophetically. And by the way, most of us here, uh, we, we celebrate, those of us that do celebrate uh, Christmas and don't have some kind of weird hang up um, about, well, you know, Jesus wasn't born at that really time of the year and, you know, Christmas trees are pagan and we shouldn't open gifts and all that kind of thought process. Anyway, thank God I wasn't raised that way. But, uh, but. The bottom line is most of us, if we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. I mean, as, as, as a people in the earth, I mean, for the most part. And, uh, and so we think about dates. We think about the day that we're born. We think about uh, the day eventually in the future that we'll die. And somebody says it's that dash, the in-between that matters. It's what, you, it's what you do with it. And I had the privilege uh, of being asked to be at Connor's 18th birthday uh, party this last week, and Connor, Connor's sitting here on the front row, and uh, <sighs> that was Connor waving at everybody. He gave you a he gave you a presidential wave because who knows? But anyway, he's went. But, uh, but one of the interesting things, Connor, that your mom did is that she had on our table um, uh, a piece of paper that said, "What would you tell your 18 year old self?" if you could talk to your 18-year-old self. And I, had frankly, thought about that in my 20s. I thought about that. What would I tell my, myself in my 20s? What would I tell myself in my 30s? But I, I'd never gone back to 18. And, uh, and so I thought about that, and I wrote a few things down for Connor to remember. But what, the first thing that came to my mind was that I, 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 would, I would tell myself this. And, and let me give you a little bit of context before I say this, what the this is. Uh, I've always had a hunger for God. I, you know, I was a kid that many of you who are part of our family here know that as a child, I mean, the altars would be open, and we actually had altars in the church where I was, and I'd go, and I'd kneel at the altar, and my mother would come on one side, and my mamma would come on the other side every, every week, and I would just, I'd be crying. I mean, God was just doing a deep work in me. I can remember being called to the ministry. I mean, it stirs emotions in me now when I'm, as I'm talking about this, Uh, even. Um, And so I always had this hunger for God. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was nine years old. You know, uh, just this sense that I was, I I, I had a call from God and trying to explain that to my parents who had no frame of reference of ministry. They didn't even know, like, I said, I think I'm supposed to like go across the world and maybe be a missionary or so I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And they just pat me and go, that's wonderful. That's great. We need to make a lot of money, so you can do that anyway. So, uh, but, but, um, but, here, here's let me let me just say this. This thought provoked me, Connor. Your mom provoked me at your at your birthday party to think in a way I, I'd not thought about when I was 18. Because here's here's what I thought when I was 18. God, I want your will. I I want your will for my life. But here's what I here's what I wish I would known. Here's what I. And I say this to you today, and again, under a prophetic anointing, because you're going to see as we get into this, it's going to flow. At the end, we're going to have a time of worship, and God is going to do some incredible things in this place. So I'm pointing to the future that in about 35 or 40 minutes, your world is going to change for the better in Jesus' name. So I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere here. So, so uh, what I wrote on your page, Connor, was I knew that I wanted to do God's will, but at 18, even though I was raised in church, I did not think like this. I did not think God has a master plan. I didn't think that way. I just thought I I, I want the will of God for my life and that's where I was. I didn't realize that God actually has a master plan for our lives. And I want to say, somebody really needs to hear that today. In other words, God takes all things that happen in our life, in any given season of our life, and he works it together in our future for our good. So I don't know what your past look like. I don't know what today looks like, but God says, I will work it all together for good. Why? Because it's not about you doing all the right things. Some of you are not very good do-gooders. An old school preacher up here would tell you you need to do better. That's not what I'm here to tell you. What I'm here to tell you is he already did it and all you got to do is get in his flow. And by his stripes, we are the healed and we're forgiven. It ain't about what you do and don't do. It's about what he did. So that's my new school for you. But it's God's old school. Now, so here's the thing. In my family... We have some very good Christians. I'm the father, I'm the pastor, but I am not the best Christian in my family. And I'm big enough to admit it. You know who the best Christian in our family is? She's sitting right there. And that's why I call her Precious. And it's the truth. She's the best Christian I know. Before her, um, Vicki, the best Christian I knew was my mamaw. And I married my mama's spirit. Sheila, Sheila, I am, I know this is weird and some of you, it weirds you out that I even talk like this. But I mean, I am, I stay in a state living with Pastor Sheila. If you follow me on Instagram, you see it. I stay in a state of enamorment. I stay in a state, she just amazes me. It's like, it's like I put some on Instagram with her. We've got Charlie right now, or I should say she has Charlie right now. And uh, Charlie is our latest grandchild or our newest grandchild of the many, many that we will have. (laughs) And, uh, and so she was just with her worshiping. And I just, I just pulled out my camera. I just said, oh my goodness, you know? So, so anyway, later on in the day, that same day, um, I'm just, I'm just talking to her, and we had done an actual ministry assignment together, and she had just moved in the prophetic. It was amazing. I, mean, I just go, you know, I'm just, I just stay in awe of you. I said, I, said, I just, I go, I, what does it feel like to be adored all the time? And she goes, you know, I wish I could tell you. Now, some of you don't know what just happened, like right in that moment, but it's like, it's like and what she would say is she, she said, Oh, it feels wonderful, and thank you for always making me feel that. And I'm sure that I'm sure that was said somewhere in the conversation, but what I remember distinctly was, I wish I could explain how it how I feel being adored. And I was thinking, well, it'd be a good time, like just say, well, I adore you too. But it, that did that did not happen. It, it didn't. I then I would have maybe felt a little drop of adornment, but. Uh, but, but, but here's the truth. She doesn't adore me. And No, no listen listen, listen, no, listen, listen. It's okay, really. It's okay. I'm getting, I'm going somewhere. I, I truly, uninhibitedly, I adore her. And, and, uh, and so, and, and one of the reasons I adore her and one of the reasons I call her Precious and one of the reasons our, our family calls her Pastor Precious and one of the reasons her grandmother name is Precious is because she really is that but like in our family. So here's, here's the way it goes, okay? So my mama used to be the best Christian I knew, but then I met Sheila, and she's the best alive Christian I know. The next best Christian I know is sitting next to her. Whitney, our worship pastor here. Listen, I mean, you can feel very good. Listen, I'm just telling you, she is a pure vessel. I am not. I'm just your pastor. I'm just your father. I do not claim to be pure. And all the fathers said, thank you for your honesty. But she's pure. No, she really is. She's got a pure heart. She's like, I I have a pure God and I want to be like God. But I need more of God. How many of y'all are with me on that? How many of you know you are, you're impure? Okay. All right, good. Vicki didn't raise her hand. Then Buddy held her hand up. Betty, Betty goes, Betty, all of a sudden I saw her hand like that and then I saw Buddy's arm go like that. I was, I'm just kidding. But she's pretty pure too. But, um, but, but here's, here's the thing. Listen, here's what I want to tell you. So, this is the way it works in my family. So Mama, she's, what do you call somebody that's passed away? Posthumorously. She is, is that how you say it? Posthumously. <laughs> Posthumously, <laughs> no, What whatever, whatever you call it, posthumously, humanly speaking. So anyway, she's gone, but she was like the best, okay? Then Sheila is the most alive, best Christian I know. Then Whitney, watch now, then Josh. Josh is a, now listen, Whitney and Pastor Precious are in the great category of Christian. Josh is a good Christian. He's not a great Christian. I'm just, I'm his father, I can tell you this. You'll get up here, he'll seem all sweet to you. You have no idea the price I paid so he could be on this stage. Trust me when I tell you this. Okay, so he'll come across sweet, and you go, oh, we love Josh, he's so sweet. I beat that. I beat him into sweetness, that's all. Okay, so, 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 so he's, now, now Keela, Keilah, and me, we're kind of in the same, not so good Christian category, knowing that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want because we ain't there. Right, Keela? Amen. So anyway, so, so she's my mini me. And so again, a lot of good things about Keela and one of the best things being Cole in her life. And praise God. And he's helping her be a better Christian. So, so just, like, just like Pastor Sheila helps me be a better Christian. Now, listen. I say, let's say this. When I was in college, I met a guy who was one of the best Christians I ever met. I mean, it was crazy how good this, this guy, that how, how good of a Christian this guy was. And why am I telling this story, Sheila? Do you remember? <laughs> From the first service. Do you remember why I'm telling this story? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Chuck, help me. They're preaching to me. Just a second. I'm going to get back to the story, but I have to remember the story that I was telling <laughs> Okay, okay, so 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 my friend. Thank you, thank you, Chuck, thank you. This is what by the way, if you don't want to have to help me preach, don't ever sit on the front row. Because that's these people's role. I never look at them, they just talk to me about what I'm supposed to say next. But anyway, so so this guy, when I met him, he gave me one of the biggest compliments in my life. He said, he said, out of all the people I've ever met, and we were young guys, I mean 18, 19 years old, he said, you want the will of God more than any person that I've ever met. And I thought, man, thank you for saying that. And I told him, I said, you're the best Christian I've ever met. Because see, wanting to have a great marriage doesn't make you a great husband. Wanting to have a great marriage doesn't make you a great wife. Wanting to have a great business doesn't make you great. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want you to know. I wish I had known Connor when I was 18 that God had this master plan. And I know this sounds simplistic to some people, but like, I didn't get it. I just thought I gotta make this happen. I gotta, I want God's will, but I, how, what doors is he gonna open? No, every door that's ever been opened and every door that's ever been closed is a part of his master plan for your life. And as disappointing as it was, as disappointing maybe that it is, here's what God is saying today. Are you ready? Here's what he's saying, move forward. Here's what he's saying, move forward. Here's what he's saying, move forward. You can't move forward like this. There was only one thing to run into on the stage and I really wasn't trying to do that and I ran into that when I turned around. That's how people get stuck. Because they turn around and they run into stuff they were never supposed to run into and they get stuck. So, a couple of things that we're going to worship. I want the team to get ready. And Here's what I want to tell you. You've got to move forward in finality. 49 times in scripture, the number nine is used. You can believe this is important or not. I'm gonna preach it to you just like I believe God gave it to me so you understand. What does this ninth month mean? And I've been saying it since we started this ninth month on our First Fruits Wednesday, which if, you're, if you haven't been a part of our First Fruits Wednesday, which is our family Wednesday service, the first Wednesday of every month, please mark that on your calendar because that's the time when I take and minister and where we minister on a Wednesday night. We only do it one time on a Wednesday night and then we have marriage classes and other opportunities for you to be discipled and grow. But that one, that first Wednesday, we take communion together, we do dedications, baby dedications together, we do baptisms, and so always make that a priority. But anyway, one of the words that I've given is that this is the year and this is the month, and this is the word for now, this is the month where whatever is final is gonna be final. I said, whatever needs to be final is gonna be final. So so nine symbolizes divine completeness. It conveys the meaning of finality. Jesus died at the ninth hour. You think God had something to do with that? It could have been the seventh hour. Could have been any hour. He died at the ninth hour to make a way of salvation or deliverance or sozo in the Greek. Total freedom, total wholeness. So at the ninth hour, he said, it is finished. The day of atonement, Yom Kippur, Kippur, is the only one of God's annual feasts of worship that requires believers to fast for one day. This special day, considered by many Jews to be the holiest day of the year, begins at sunset on the ninth day of the seventh Hebrew month. So for everything in the natural, there is, come on, preach back to me. For everything in the natural, there is a supernatural correlation. So in the supernatural, Matthew 27, now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And in the ninth hour, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in the ninth hour, listen now, because this is where it starts to be very prophetic, what looks like the worst moment in Jesus' life became our best moment. What looked like the worst thing that could have happened. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The next thing he said was, forgive them for they know not what they do. The last thing he said in the ninth hour was, It is finished. And I'm telling you, it wasn't the eighth hour, it wasn't the sixth hour, it was the ninth hour. So what is God saying? What's the natural supernatural correlation? In that moment, a couple of significant things happened in the natural that point to the supernatural. The veil in the temple was rent and torn from top to bottom. And so here's what God is saying to you today. Get ready for whatever has been holding you back. God is tearing it in half today. In the next few minutes, it's gonna be complete in the name of Jesus. I don't know what it is for you, but you gotta identify it. And God's saying, I'm tearing it in half. The earthquake, in the ninth hour the earthquake, here's what God is saying right now, all that can be shaken will be shaken, and only that which is of God will remain. Here's what happened in the ninth hour after Jesus said it is finished. The rocks were split. Here's what God told me to tell you, impossibilities are being split in half with God's possibility. That's a word for you right now. What seemed to be impossible is going to become possible. In the ninth hour, after he said it is finished, the graves were open. If death can't be defeated and it's been swallowed up in victory, get ready. God is saying now in September of 2018, by the way, one plus eight, 2018 equals nine. It is time for finality to happen. It is time for it is finished to come to pass in your life. Somebody put a big amen on that. So here's the finality question. What do you need to be finished? And what is your part in being able to say that? Jesus didn't just step up and go, I have an announcement. It is finished. The works of the devil, the destroyer that came to destroy you, it's finished. Sickness and disease and its effects, it is finished. You see, he didn't just step up and say that. You know what, you know where he said that? He said that on the cross. He said that with nails in his hands, nails in his feet. He just had his heart pierced with a spear. He had a crown of thorns on his head and he'd, his back had been beat 39 times with a whip which represented every major disease and any derivative of major diseases in the world today. But when he said, it is finished, I want you to really hear me. He played a part in it being finished. What is your part in whatever needing to be finished, it being finished? By the way, let me just give you one clue. In the midst of all that, something very important happened as Ed Sherman would say, out loud. For those of you who don't know the music, I just lost you. The song's called Thinking Out Loud. Here's what Jesus said, he didn't just think it. He said, with nails in his hands, nails in his feet, had just been pierced in his side, heart pierced with a spear, blood and water came out. He'd just been whipped 39 times, brutally beaten, he had a crown of thorns shoved on his head, mocked, ridiculed. Here's what he said, forgive them for they know not what they should do. That's why I know I'm not a good Christian. Cause here's my nature. You might even be a member of my church, but if we're out in the parking lot, so let me talk to all the men for just a second. If we're out in the parking lot and like, I don't know, you start cussing at me or something, my nature is not to go, well, brother, I, I just want to tell you Jesus loves you and you are precious in his sight. My immediate thought is your daddy didn't teach you, so I'm your dad today. That's my thought. Now, if you don't think I can do that, then let's go out in the parking lot. But I'm telling you, I can. Some people talk it. I can. You say, well, you're being egotistical and you're coming across wrong. You need to love people. I'm just letting you know what's in my nature. That's why I know I need more of Jesus. Cause you can like, you can, you can like take me there. Like you can like, like if you, if you're messing with my family or something, like I'm not going to, well, the Lord just God, I just call on you to take care of this situation. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to clean it up. So. I, and I've never, like I said, that's never been a doubt. It's like never, oh, oh, I'm afraid. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, that's just the way it is. So so here, here's what I want to tell you. The old hymn goes like this. He could have called, that's the way they sang it. 10,000 angels. I would have. Hey, they just stuck me with nails. We're going to kill some people and God will understand. This is not his plan. He didn't have this plan. I'm not going to let these people, these people have no idea even who I am. In fact, y'all wait just a minute. I'm just going to pop off the cross, levitate, and I'm just going to let fire come out of my mouth. How many of y'all you got a little too much of that in you? Just keep your hands raised because everybody needs to know who you are in the room. Okay, we need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. And we need to get real about where we are. Now watch this. Sometimes God can't do, and by the way, for those of you that are very sweet and like Pastor Sheila, she's just like, she, you know what she's thinking? I promise, this is her thoughts when I'm talking like this. She's going, okay, get past that. Get past this story. Let people feel the love of God through you. They don't, they don't need to know you can kick their, they, they, they just need to know that you care for their heart. Just go ahead and get past this story. That's enough. Just preach. I, how do I read your mind like that? Because I'm a prophet, that's how. Anyway, so. <laughs> the word of the Lord today is this. Move forward. It's finished. Move forward. It's finished. I don't know what it is for you. But move forward, it's finished. Here's the second thing that it means. Team, go ahead and come on out. Move forward in fruitfulness. Nine also represents the fruits of God's Holy Spirit. Both the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Nine of them. Now you think, you think God knows this? Yes, of course God knows this. So there's not eight, there's not seven, there's not 10. There's nine gifts of the Spirit and there's nine fruit of the Spirit. You'll find the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23. And here's what the Bible says. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance and long suffering against there is no law. In other words, God says, I want you to understand something. When you love, when you could hate, you're bringing my super into your natural. When you choose to walk in peace rather than in strife, and peace is a choice because the Holy Spirit will be your umpire, the umpire of your soul and help you get past the strife and give you supernatural peace. Call unto me, Jeremiah said, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. He is the prince of, come on, he is the prince of, he's the prince of peace. So when you choose to walk in peace rather than feeling strife, it is a choice. Really? Yes, it's a choice. And it's a fruit that you have to sow seeds so that you can bear the fruit. Love, joy, peace. Joy, joy, wow, joy, what is joy? Joy is way more than happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of joy. Happiness can happen from things on the outside, but joy has to come from the inside. David said, weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Here's what I can tell you. I don't know what happened yesterday to cause you sorrow, but weeping only lasts for the night. Joy comes in the morning. It's time to move forward. It's time to bring finality and fruitfulness. Listen, God wants you to have fruit in your life. I was standing backstage with with, uh, my two daughters, Keila and Whitney. For those of you who don't know, those are the two girls that were up here. And I said, you know what? If all of this that God has called us to do was just that I get to do life with you guys, That would mean more to me than anything. Because guess what? My fruit in the earth, in the natural, is my children. It is the best of me and it is the best of precious. And I got to participate in bringing greatness into the world. What is that a natural supernatural picture of? Alignment that when you get your alignments right, there will be dreams, the best part of you and the best part of that person, the best part of you and the best part of them that come out and in the process, your dreams will not only be birthed, but the dream that God is dreaming through you will happen. Keila is a dream that God dreamed through Sheila and I. We just got to have fun making her. Isn't that the way God wants our dreams to be? Josh is a dream that God dreamed and put in our hearts that we wanted to have children. He said, Now, if you'll come together, I've made this work. I've made this where your family will grow. And as your family grows, guess what? Your love grows. And as your love grows, your sorrows will be divided and your joys will be multiplied because of this family that you create. And yet, the devil does his best to try to mess it up. You see, our children, parents, listen to me, are pictures that whatever dream that's on the inside of you that hadn't come to pass yet, it's only because you haven't found the right person to align yourself with. Because God's dreaming a dream through you. And that dream coming true it's not you working harder. You see, that, Connor, that was my mistake. My mistake was early was I'll do my part. I'll, I just want God's will. God, whatever your will is like, his, his will is like some kind of magic, you know? Britney Spears' genie in a bottle. God, I'll, I'll do what you want and then you'll bring your will to pass for my life. Buddy, you know what I'm talking about? Like we think if we do enough right, then whatever we do that God will make. No, see, here's the thing. The difference is God takes all of, all of our good, our bad, our successes, our failures, our teens, our twenties, our thirties and our forties and in this master plan. He says, now here's what I want you to understand. Your ability to be fruitful is based on your ability to plant seed and planting seed. There's always soil. There's always, especially with people, there's a giver and there's a receiver. Make sure you know which one you are in any given relationship, but play your role, do your part to bring the dream to pass fruitfulness. It's time in the name of Jesus for you to move forward in your fruitfulness. I declare over this house today in this ninth month, no more barrenness in Jesus' name. No more barrenness in Jesus' name. No more, I worked so hard and there was nothing to show for it. No, God's gonna bring great harvest in your future. Move forward and be fruitful. Here's the last thing, move forward in the fullness of time. What does this month mean? What is this word? What is God saying to you right now? Not just move forward, not just advance, promote, progress, but here's what he's saying. Move forward with finality. Declare it is finished. Do your part so that can happen. Move forward in fruitfulness. Make sure you are aligned right with the people that are supposed to be in your life. That could be some of your final, by the way is getting the wrong people out of your life. That's what a church family should be. It should be this success equation that I've preached here for 18 years. And it's true, it's immutably true. When you get with the right people, come on, in the right place, at the right time, the right things always happen. Not sometimes, that's what makes the house of God so important. I love people that watch on the Facebook and thank you so much for being a part of that. And if you're ever out, please do that. But if you're in town, get to the house of God. You know why? Because it's the right people in the right. It's the right people in the right. Not the right people watching, the people in the place. Hear me with all due respect. I'm honored. I I appreciate that we have almost 5,000 people, many of them local, that watch every week. And it's wonderful. And if you need to, we're so glad to offer that service to you and we're honored by that. But it's when you get with the right people, come on, y'all, in the right place at the right time, God says, now I can put my hand. Why? Because when the brother in the Bible says in Psalms 133, dwell together in unity, he commands a blessing. I said, he commands a blessing by, by virtue of you walking in this building today, there is a commanded blessing on your life because of the people that are around you, no matter how bad you've screwed up. That's good news for somebody. So move forward in fruitfulness. Here's the last thing, move forward in fullness of time. This is really interesting. I'll ask the ladies a question. Ladies, <sighs> how long do you carry a baby before it's born? That's amazing, your answer is all the same. Because I know how you know, picky some of you are and how opinionated you are and, you know. But wait, I wanna ask one more question. I want everybody to answer, unless you have a different answer. How long do you carry a baby, ladies? Do you think God might have something to do with that? Do you think he might be speaking something about that? Why wouldn't it be eight? Why wouldn't it be six months? Why, you know, why can't we be like rabbits? (laughs) Not really. Please no. God, no. Here's my point. Daniel, the book of Daniel. God, listen now is the great numberer. We don't see this. This is not, what I'm preaching to you right now is not preached. you know why? Because it's not preachy, it's prophetic. I've gotta be the one that understands, just like in the natural, very simply, December 25th is what? December 25th is what? December 25th is what? It's Christmas. Guess what September 2018 is? It's the time to move forward because final has come fruitfulness is going to happen. And the fullness of time is here in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Genesis 14, there are nine kings. This is the first battle in scripture. All the men lean in on this with me. The first battle in scripture is recorded in Genesis 14. It was against nine kings. Why nine? Because God's always speaking, even in numbers. He says he even has the numbers on your Your head uh, numbered, the hairs on your your head numbered. Some of you say, Well, he doesn't have mine because I don't have any hair. Now, let me tell you something. Even though you might have lost what he put there, the bottom line is every follicle you have is numbered. He's the great numberer. The first battle involved nine kings. There was a man by the name of Abram. Some of you know the story. There were thousands among these nine kings, thousands of warriors with them. And Abram had 318. By the way, what is 18 a derivative of? One plus eight is pretty interesting. What are so few among so many? How in the world can we do this? Because God's for you, so he can be against you. And what you declare is final. I said, what you declare is final. What you declare is finished is finished. What you declare is one is one. Bottom line is he chased them down, all nine of them. Chasing means they were running from him. And he he got back everything, the goods that had been taken, Abram's nephew, Lot, with his possessions, all the women, all their captives. The king of Sodom came out to meet him, then Melchizedek, everybody say Melchizedek. The king of Salem, the priest of God most high. Jesus, by the way, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews is of the order of Melchizedek. This was a type of Christ a prefigure to Christ in the future. Melchizedek came out and blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God, blessed by who? By God the Most High, creator of heaven and earth and blessed be God Most High who has helped you conquer your enemies. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a 10th of all the goods he had recovered. God didn't tell him to give him the first dollar of every 10. Abraham, the father of our faith, as a prefigure to honor God, gives the high priest the first dollar of every ten, the first piece of gold of all the gold collected, and he sets something in motion that would later become law, but more importantly than that under grace, a privilege to honor God with our finances. Then King Sodom said, give back my people who were captured, but you keep for yourself all the goods that you recovered. And Abram replied, I have solemnly promised the Lord God most high. Everybody say God most high. Creator of the heaven and earth that I will not take as much as a single thread of anything. Otherwise you might say that I'm the one that made Abraham rich. I don't need your money, King. God's the one that makes me rich. You see, when you put God first, you get a Melchizedek blessing on your life. What is a Melchizedek blessing? It's three things. Elevation. Everybody say elevation. So let me prophesy over you. God's about to elevate you. I say, God's about to elevate you. Don't be surprised when you get your promotion. Don't be surprised when you get your raise. Oh, some of you aren't believing this. Some of you, your hands are still down by your side, and it's okay, but guess what? When you know God's about to give you something, you don't sit there and let it hit you in the head or in the face. You reach out and say, God, that's me. God's about to elevate you, I said. He's about to elevate you. The next thing is possession. In other words, it's time for some of you to take possession of what God said a long time ago was yours and your kids' and your kids. kids. And then finally, what does the Melchizedek blessing mean? It absolutely means dominion. It's time to rule and it's time to reign. And I'm just telling you, God is bringing a spirit of dominion into your house. He's bringing a spirit of dominion into your life. He's bringing a spirit of dominion into your job. He's bringing a spirit of dominion that wherever you go, the room changes because you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Now stay standing. Everybody stand with us and don't move. Just stand. Because we're not through. Because God's about to unleash something on you. Listen to this, the cycle of finality is indicated in nine generations. Wow, what do you mean? From Adam to Noah, it was nine generations. Then there was judgment, it was called the flood. And from Noah to Abraham, how many generations do you think it was? Seven? 10? No, nine. You see with one end of nine it was judgment but with abraham god said there's been enough judgment now i'm going to bring blessing on your life by the way in case y'all didn't know it you are the seed of abraham in case you didn't know it you're the sons and daughters of the father of our faith abraham in case you didn't know it god says in the book of galatians that because you are the seed of abraham and because you believe in jesus christ if you do then every inheritance and every promise and every blessing that was spoken over Abraham is yours. But guess what? We don't live like that. We live with our head down, butt up. We live in our problems. We live in our hurt. We live in our pain. And I'm just telling you here in September, in 2018, it's time to move forward in finality. It's time to move forward in fruitfulness. And in the name of Jesus, the fullness of time has come. Dreams are going to come to pass. God's going to bring some things to pass that have been needed to be birthed, that it's going to happen because of you, and it's going to happen through you. Would you put a big hand clap on that and agree with me on that? So here's what I want to say. McKinney, we're about to kick it back to you, but I want you to listen to this last thing because we're going to worship for a minute here but I want you to hear this word too. The the fullness of time question is this. What blessing do you want right now? What do you want? But then here's the second part of the question. And what are you willing to do about it? So, So watch this. There's nine kings. They had plundered the people. They had had stole the women. They had taken the children. They had all the gold. They had everything. Abraham, God's man. I want all the men to say this with me. Say, I am God's son. And that makes me, in any situation, God's man. Abraham gathered his little three hundred eighteen. He said, hey, there's a bunch of them, like thousands, and there's nine kings that are leading all these armies. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know that God's put something in my heart. Listen very carefully, because this was later recorded in the book of Romans for our remembrance. I just know we got to speak those things that are not as though they were. I know we got to start speaking to our future we got to start speaking to the giants we got to start speaking to the things that that they're they're holding us back and we got to start saying the right things everybody say it is finished come on everybody say it is finished everybody say in jesus name i am fruitful blessings are coming my way everybody say i'm about to elevate come on i'm about to elevate come on i'm about to possess every good thing that god has for me i'm taking dominion God's given me authority, and I'm gonna do it. Now watch this. He said, there's only 318 of you, but we got God. Y'all with me? Let's go. They chased nine kings and thousands and thousands of armies. They plundered them. They took everything back. Melchizedek walks in and goes, Abram! servant of the most high God, the elevated God, because you've elevated your thinking, Abram, your life is going to be elevated. What you've done is you possess a land that you didn't even know that's called a promise land that's been promised by God for a long time, but you actually took some action. What is it that you want? You see, the fullness of time question is this. She could have told me all day long, I'd like to have a baby someday. But if I didn't take some action, that wouldn't have happened. I hate to be so graphic. But how I many of y'all know what I'm talking about? She can walk around all day and say, I want a baby. I go, well, I hope you have a baby. I'd like to have a baby too. Well, God, can we, can we get together? Well, it's, that's a lot of work, actually. Are y'all following what I'm saying? One last thing, and then we're going to worship, and then God's going to unleash some things on you in the Spirit. Nine is an interesting number. I'm not a mathematician, nor am I smart in math. That's why I have to read this. Natural-supernatural correlation. In mathematics, the sum of the two digits resulting from nine multiplied by any other single-digit number will equal nine. And all the math people said, that's right but it gets even deeper. So to explain that, nine times three is, and two plus seven is, now listen to this. Multiply nine by any two, three, or four digit number, and the sums of those will also break down to nine. For example, nine times 62, 558. Five plus five plus eight equals 18. And one plus eight, everybody knows this one, equals nine. What is God saying? He stamps creation with numbers. On the first day, on the second day, on the third day, he numbers the hair on our head. As I already mentioned, Daniel 8, 13 says, God indeed is the wonderful numberer. So as I was praying for you this week, Oh, by the way, one last thing, Genesis 17, verse one, which is nine, says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God, walk before me, what's this, blameless. Some people look at that, that word blameless, which by the way has nine letters. And they don't realize that it means fullness. I'm, the, I'm, I'm speaking this over you now. I want you to hear God. I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me in the fullness of what I have for you in your future. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint. And visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.